Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating fact from fiction. We're going to repeal it and replace it. And, and it'll be great health care for much less money. We can have the benefits that were promised to them without any change whatsoever. But if we keep kicking the can down the road, keep digging the hole deeper, burying that deficit more, that's much harder to keep that kind of a commitment. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Susan's calling from Kansas City, Missouri. Marcia from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA, 146 affiliates strong, thanks to all of you in our listening audience. Our producer, Mr. J.P. Pauley, I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. You can follow me on Facebook. It's pretty simple. It's Carrie, C-A-R-Y, Hall, H-A-L-L, if you choose to follow me on Facebook. You can also go to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you have a question, a comment, we can help you with anything, feel free to do so. You can call today. We have guests in studio. We're not taking calls on the air, but you can call if you have questions about any health insurance or health-related issues. 877-385-2224, anywhere in the United States, we're happy to help you. 877-385-2224, operators are standing by, they'll take your call, and we'll get back to you after the broadcast. All right, you know, we're going to do a unique show today. This is not about health insurance, duh. Okay, we're going to do something a little different today. This is something I've wanted to do for some time with the folks from Blue KC. Michaela Stevenson, the manager of community relations, is joining me in studio today, along with Sarah Biles, from Harvester, she's the communications director, and we're gonna talk about the Harvesters program here in Kansas City and the partnership between Blue KC and Harvesters. They've got a brand new initiative they launched called What What Is What Well Stocked is the name of the initiative. But before we get to that, because I don't think a lot of you are aware, you know, I always talk about Blue KC, the hometown health insurance provider, hometown health care provider, if you will. Um, and you know, it's different here because this is one of the few standalone blue crosses left in the country. Their community involvement runs pretty deep. And I don't, you know, we've never talked about this on the air before. And this is one of the things that I wanted to touch on today, because I think it's important to understand the, the work they do here in this community. So with that, Michaela, yeah. let's talk a little about, we're going to talk in depth about harvesters and well stock, but let's talk about sure. your involvement overall in the community, because I don't think people are aware how much you guys actually do in the community. Right, Michaela. Right. Thank you. Um, well, thanks for having us here today. And um, you're right. So Blue Cross Blue Shield has been in Kansas City for, we celebrate our 80th anniversary this year. And our uh, partnerships in the community run deep and, and long. We've uh, supported this community since day one. Um, we partner with well over 300 organizations in the Kansas City community that grows um, almost daily and um, support everything from health and wellness initiatives to education, um, community development, and arts, culture, and civic engagement. The majority of what we give back to the community is in uh, the health space as a healthcare company. But um, we do, education is very important to us. It is the base of um, what we do in Kansas City. It's the future of Kansas City. 
Um, so we're very committed to the school districts. We're committed to um, community centers helping those kids. But then also, as a local Kansas City company, we want to support the things that make Kansas City great, which is our amazing art scene, our wonderful museums. Um, we've got all kinds of exciting things happening in Kansas City, and we want to be supportive of that as well. Well, you know, I had no idea it was 300 organizations. That, that, that's, you, yeah. You've got your hands full, to say the least. <laughs> right. You know, I, I know that you do things, uh, a lot of things that don't have to do with healthcare. I'm on the board of directors at Sheffield Place, primarily because of you. Um, <laughs> You're and, welcome. Yeah, yeah I, no, and I, it's something I asked to do, but, you know, you, you've supported us at Sheffield Place where we provide um, you know, a path forward and, and a chance for people to break their addiction for mothers that are homeless with their children. And we've been extremely successful, but Blue KC has been a strong supporter of ours. And so I think it's important for the audience to know that you guys do a lot in this community. And that's why I ask you to give that little narrative. Absolutely. We so, love to do it. so let's move on to harvesters because this is, this is, um, uh, you know, harvesters is well known here in the Metro. So Sarah, a little bit about harvesters, if you will, and uh, some of the amazing stuff that you do here in this community with Harvesters. Sure. Harvesters is this region's Feeding America food bank. And what that means is we just acquire food and then distribute that food as well as household items out to a network of agencies, about 620 nonprofit agencies. And those include food pantries, food kitchens, shelters, and other organizations in town. And we serve a 26 county region which a lot of people don't realize. Um, many people think we're just a Kansas City-based uh, food bank, but we do serve uh, 10 counties in northwest Missouri and 16 counties in northeast Kansas. And as part of the Feeding America Network, similar food banks like us, so there's 200 of us across the country that help support hunger relief in various communities. You know, and, and I was going through the notes um, for the show, prepping for the show, and I was a little surprised at the numbers. Talk a little bit about the number of people in this country that don't have enough to eat and, uh, you know, kind of quantify that a little bit for the audience so they understand a little bit about the problem that we're dealing with here. Sure. Hunger is an issue that um, is very uh, significant in this country. People don't necessarily think about that in America, that there is hunger, but there is hunger in every county in the United States. Hunger is in urban areas. It's in suburban areas. It's in rural areas. In our region, one in seven people are food insecure, meaning that they may have a meal today, but they don't necessarily know where their next meal is coming from. And that's um, fairly significant, a common number across the country. I think nationally it's one in seven as well. It's one in six children in our region that do not know when they get up tomorrow if they're going to have a meal. So, and it's not just children and it's not just parents. It's also seniors, isn't it? Yeah, seniors, in fact, are a growing population. Um, a recent... Uh, Feeding America did a Hunger in America study um, in 2014, and the number of seniors that are being served had grown significantly. In our region, um, just four years prior to that, it was 8% of those we were serving were seniors. In 2014, the number was 20% of those that were served. Wow, that's a big jump. It's up to 20%. Big jump. Of course, we're seeing significant number in the increase of seniors as baby boomers turn 65, 10,000 of them every day or whatever it's that number 10, is. 10,000 a day, yes. you're absolutely correct. Yes, so that's part of the increase. Um, the recession did not do well for many seniors. So they lost a lot of their retirement savings. So they're on very, very limited incomes, having to make significant choices between food and medicine and medical care and rent and other um, 
utilities and so, other expenses. So it becomes very difficult. Michaela, how long has Blue KC been involved with harvesters? We'll get into the well stock program here in a little while, but how long have you all had a partnership with harvesters? Oh boy, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think our records date back to the 80s, but I'm sure it was probably long before that that uh, Blue KC has supported harvesters and um, really, you know, wanted to be involved in the things that they were doing. We do um, annually in the summertime, as you talked about, um, hunger in the summer and for kids. We do a harvesters campaign where our employees bring in food and um, donate money and all that kind of great stuff. We've been doing that for about, I think, the last five years or so. But beyond that, we have been financial supporters of harvesters for longer than we have records to date. Sarah, t- yeah, look, she touched on something. We're going to go to break here shortly, but I want to I, I want to kind of zero in on this for a second, especially where children are involved. We, you know, kids get meals at school. A lot of kids, right. all right, that are underprivileged, don't have the money, whatever. What happens to those kids in the summer? Well, a lot of people don't realize is that summer is the highest time of need for hunger because it impacts the children when they're not getting those free and reduced lunches that the federal government provides to the national nutrition programs. Summer is a whole big issue for families. They either have to come up with approximately $300 more a month to put those meals, breakfast and lunch, because, you know, many kids are getting breakfast now. Some are even getting dinners at school. And so the average cost is about $300 additional, which if you're on a very small limited income, that's a significant increase. So we do see a lot more families coming to our pantries, to our kitchens to get meals. We also do a program called Kids Cafe where we partner up with libraries, with um, community centers, places where children are in the summer, and we take them free lunches every day. So children 1 to 18 can get a free lunch every day at uh, various sites around the city. So you're actually distributing lunches and food to these sites so kids can have access to them if the parents can't get to a pantry or can't get to another facility. Are you actually hosting meals at other facilities as well around the city? We partner up with various organizations and they actually do the providing of the meals, but we get the meals to them. Um, so libraries, um, you know, we try to partner up with places where children can walk to because transportation is often an issue. They can't get to these sites if their parents are working. We're going to come back after the break. We're going to continue this conversation with Sarah Biles, Communications Director for Harvests, and Michaela Stevenson from Blue KC. We're going to chat about this program that they're involved with called you know, well-stocked. We're also going to talk about some other things that you can do. Uh, do. You know, they have volunteer programs. You're going to find this hard to believe. They actually have programs where you can donate stuff that you grow in your garden. So we'll talk about that too. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast, across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA radio network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, Mr. J.P. Pauly, I'm your host, Kerry Hall. Coming up in this segment, we're going to continue our conversation with Michaela Stevenson's from Blue KC and Sarah Biles from Harvesters. We're talking about community involvement here, how Blue KC is involved, and this program that they're involved with called Well Stocked. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk in the next segment 
about all the things that Harvester does, Harvesters does, and what you can do uh, to get involved with all of that. If you want to learn more about them, their website is harvesters.org, www.harvesters.org. You can go up on the website. All their information is up there. Um, and if you want to find out what you can do to get involved, you can certainly do that on the website. All right, Michaela, let's talk about what is well-stocked. All right. Um, well, well-stocked is a new corporate social responsibility platform that Blue KC is launching. We have, uh, obviously, we have supported our community um, in various ways throughout the years and um, have lots and lots of partners in Kansas City, and we love to support our community. But we wanted to really hone in on a, a real health issue. We talked about a lot of different um, organizations that we work with and how they're helping um, their clients and, and folks get healthier. But what we really came down to was what you put in your body makes a difference. And having access to nutritious foods, having access to those foods that make you a healthier person, give you the power to get through your day, that's what really matters. In addition to that, um, food touches everyone. We talked a little bit about the kids, family, seniors. This is an issue across our community and across um, all walks of life. So we really wanted to take uh, take a stab at really making a difference in food access in Kansas City and helping people to get access to that nutritious, uh, get those nutritious foods to fuel their bodies. So Sarah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, people listen to this and they go, well, why don't they just go to the grocery store? Well, maybe they're, you know, we, uh, the term food desert, okay, right. define that a little bit and, 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 and what that really means, you know, in terms of access, because what, what Michaela just talked about was access. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a price chopper down the street. There's a hen house. Um, right, what? right. In there's many neighborhoods, there, there is a grocery store right around the corner, but in many, many neighborhoods, there isn't one convenient um, transportation. Again, I mentioned or previously is an issue if you can't get to a grocery store you can't walk there or you don't have a car or you don't have public transportation then it becomes an issue and many areas don't have grocery stores they have convenience stores which may have you know they have some limited amounts of food but some of the more healthier items fresh produce and those kind of things um, are very limited quantities in those smaller stores so access becomes really critical it's critical in rural areas everybody thinks people in rural areas live on a farm but you know there aren't that many farms anymore and in small towns there aren't a lot of grocery stores anymore so, so Michaela how does this initiative address that issue in terms of being able to uh, help people have access right. to you know Sarah just mentioned convenience stores that's mostly junk Okay. Yeah, right, right. That's soda pop yeah. chips, garbage. Okay, bologna maybe. Okay, but I mean it's not food. Food. It's not walking into a store. You know, you listen. You listen to the American Heart Association. I was involved with that organization for many years, chairman of that board for a while actually. And we always talked about walking around the perimeter of the store. So mm -hmm. the first right. thing you do is you, and you're nodding your head, sir. You, you know, you look at the vegetables, you look at the fruits. That's where you start your shopping, not going up and down the aisles right. buying the stuff in cans and boxes packed with salt. And, and everything else you're not supposed to eat. So how does this address those issues right. and, and in access? Right. Well, so one of the things that we have done with Wellstocked is to create this early partnership with harvesters around that very thing. So we will be working with harvesters to create school pantries to help people. We are, we are take, helping to take the food where people are, and harvesters is obviously the biggest piece in that. 
They um, they find people where they live, as, as Sarah was talking about with the Kids Cafe in the summertime, getting that food to the places where they don't have to worry about getting on three buses to get to a grocery store. We are finding them. We are getting them the um, the nutritious food that they need where they are. They're coming to get their kids at school. They can stop off and get a little bit of something to supplement their food for that night, that weekend. Um, a lot of these kids are involved with the Harvester's Back Snack Program, which is an incredible program to getting that food to those kids. But, you know, I think one of the things that Harvester's finds is that a lot of these kids, that backpack is meant to serve one kid. It's serving an entire family. So we want to serve those families, get additional food into those into their pantries at home. So, Sarah, how do you get, And because this, the, the challenge, I would assume, is how do you get fresh produce, fruit, and those kinds of things, not bad, you know, anybody can put a bunch of cans together, right? right. But right. how do you get the things that are addressing the issues that Michaela talked about, eating the right things, okay? Right. And, and, and how, do, how do you make that happen in school pantries? Obviously, in kids' cafes, you can serve those kinds of right. foods. But how do you do this pantry issue? And I'm assuming you're partnering with churches and other organizations regarding that same issue. Yes, we are. Food banking has really changed over the last five to 10 years because we are seeing what an impact getting healthier food into households can make a difference on the health of that person. So therefore, you know, shortening the line, ending hunger turns back to this issue of how do we get healthier food into people's bodies so that they can lead healthier lives. And then hopefully that will lead to, you know, better performance at work, students doing better in school, seniors living in their homes independently longer. So we know the impact of getting healthy food into these households can make on their lives. And the way we do that is we have to, we have to kind of rethink food banking, you know, non, non-perishable food items could come in previously and sit on our shelves as long as, you know, for a long time. Now we really want to get fresh produce. That's actually what we have the most access to because we're getting it from farmers who are, you know, don't need that extra food, that less than perfect food that doesn't go to the grocery store. We're getting it from food industry partners. And so we get that in, but then we have to turn it around very, very quickly and then get it out. And we do that through our mobile pantries where we take truckloads of food out to these areas where these food deserts are. We do it through the school pantries that we piloted this spring. And now we're going to implement, thanks to partners like Blue Cross and Blue Shield, in 20 schools this next year. Wow. So 20 schools, Blue mm-hmm. Cross and Blue Shield is partnering yeah. with 20 schools to make sure that these school pantries have access to that kind of food? Absolutely. And that will only grow. So you expect you're going to do more of that? Of course. Absolutely. That's what this is all about. It's about <coughs> partnering with harvesters, with schools, with other organizations in Kansas City um, to to improve the health and wellness of our entire community. It can't just it can't just be one organization or one um corporate partner or one insurance company, we all have to come together. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, it is exciting. And, and it's a, it's an issue that obviously needs to be addressed. You know, if you're interested in this, you're listening to this, maybe it's your Kiwanis club, maybe it's your chamber of commerce, maybe it's your church. Okay. And you want to get involved. Their website is harvesters.org. That's harvesters.org. I'm sure they would love to have your involvement. We'll talk about volunteers here up in the next segment, but there are a lot of things that you can do. You know, something else you can do. 
You can actually take stuff out of your garden. I just learned this today. Um, and you can bring it to harvesters um, and, and, and donate that if you choose to do so. So that's all part of what you can do. It's up on the Harvesters website, harvesters.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the Fruited Plain. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Our producer, the always perfect Mr. J.P. Pauly. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. Coming up in this segment, we're going to continue this fascinating conversation with Michaela Stevenson from Blue KC and Sarah Biles from Harvesters, talking about the need for food. Kind of hard to believe a lot of people, you know, like really seriously in the United States, you know, I get it in Bangladesh, but why here? Well, there's an issue here and it's fairly significant. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and define a little bit of that with Sarah here in a, in a moment, but do understand we have a problem here. It's not just a problem with kids. It's a problem with seniors. It's a problem with families. It's a problem in rural areas. Another place you probably wouldn't think that happens. Okay. And obviously it's a problem in the urban core. So if you want to help out, you want to get involved. By the way, the Wellstock program, if you want information on it, you can go to bluekc.com. It's right up there on their website. Um, and information on Wellstock is up there. And I asked Michaela during the break, yes, they are looking for partners. Yes, they will help you get involved if you want to do that. So go to bluekc.com uh, if you want to uh, take a look at that Wellstock program and some of the things that they're doing that we talked about in that last segment. So let, let's go back to this, friend. I'm going to kind of jump ahead to something because we talked about this on the break and it's kind of on the way brain here a little bit. You know, if people get food stamps, right? They're on the SNAP program. You're getting food stamps. Well, if you're getting food stamps, you know, you, you've got food, right? I mean, doesn't that make sense? So you don't really need, um, uh, do you really need help from groups like harvesters? So Sarah, why don't you address that? Because I think that that's a, that's a perception that's in, right. in yeah, that, let's that's get one of that. those myths of SNAP <laughs> yeah. is that first of all, um, everybody that is low income can qualify for SNAP. That's not necessarily true. Um, more than a third of the people that we serve don't even qualify for SNAP or any of the nutrition programs that are federally funded. School lunch, WIC, all of those programs, there's certain um, guidelines. Some people make, you know, just a hair too much or just a hair too little. So there's the qualification issue there. But if you do get stamp, food stamps, um, otherwise known as SNAP, most of those benefits run out after about two and a half weeks in the month. So then people All have, right, so that's interesting because yes. I, I, I guarantee you 90% of the people, including this one sitting behind this microphone, didn't know that, yes. all right? So they basically get you through two and a half weeks of the month and then yes. you're toast. So then you're toast. You have yeah. a week and a half. you don't half. have any toast. <laughs> you have yeah. no toast. There you go. Um, also, that breaks down to about $4 a day for three meals wow. per person. Try living on that. Take folks. the SNAP challenge sometime and try living on $4 a day. And you understand why people are not eating apples and oranges and vegetables because we know how much that produce and how much protein costs in the grocery store. You can buy a lot of pork and beans for $4. Right. You can't buy a lot of uh, apples, produce, corn, vegetables, that kind of thing for right. $4. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because people just, I, I really don't think people understand this issue. It's not well-defined and it's not talked about a lot. Okay. Right. I mean, so, it's, it's kind so, of a hidden issue. You can't tell who's hungry. 
Yeah. So there's a program called Double Up Food Bucks, mm-hmm. Michaela. Talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit, will you? This is another organization, another initiative that Blue Casey has supported for many years. Um, with this program, and it's run through uh, Cultivate Kansas City, which is another great group uh, here in Kansas City, they um, folks have access to going to farmers markets and actually doubling their dollars. So for every dollar that they have in food stamps, they can use, they get $2 at the farmer's market. So it, it truly doubles up their food bucks uh, at those farmer's market for fresh produce. And they have access to, there's lots of different farmer's markets around the city, um, more and more popping up every day in the urban core to make sure that that transportation issue is, um, is addressed. Um, but Look at your local farmer's markets and check it out. It's a really cool program, and it's a great way for people to get a little more distance out of those food stamps. So, Sarah, are we seeing more of these types of farmer's markets in, quote-unquote, the food desert urban core areas where you've got five liquor stores and two convenience stores, but you don't have a grocery store? So are we seeing more of these farmer's markets going into these areas, and are you guys supporting that to help those farmers do markets in those areas? I think a lot of groups in the area are really banding together to to work on bringing more of those into these areas. Um, hospitals and healthcare companies like Blue Cross are really getting on the bandwagon. We're all trying to like form a big mass group um, to really focus on health and hunger and how that's an issue. And if we can all work together to get more access to healthy food for people, that's not just helping the people that are food insecure, it's making your community as a whole stronger and healthier. And, and obviously that, that, that reflects back in that community's health. Right. Okay. So I mentioned this going out on the break. Um, I, my wife and I do a garden every year. We do tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, all this stuff. And typically we have so much of it. Um, we're, we're giving it away. In fact, I've been, the cucumbers came in really early this year and I've been giving bags of them. <laughs> I didn't realize this. If you have a garden, talk about yes, this. Because this is kind of like, holy cow, I didn't know this. I know. And you're not alone. There's so Pretty much everybody that has a garden ends up with more produce than they know what to do with. And so we have a program called Plant a Row for the Hungry. Um, so even if you didn't intentionally plant a row for the hungry, you can still help out the hungry by taking any of that fresh produce. And you can bring it, of course, to harvesters. But if that's not right around the corner from you, we have several um, nurseries and other partners in the community that you can just run to your neighborhood um, nursery and drop it off there, and then we'll come pick it up and get it out. So there are, are there a list of those nurseries up on the website at yes. harvesters.org? Yes. So if you, if uh, let's say soil service, since I live in Brookside, um, over on Troost, um, is that what is that? A I typical? think they might be one of them. It but might be, but, it, so, I know they so, have but, but it's up on the website yes, if you live yes, in Johnson County yes. or Wyandotte Suburban or wherever. Suburban Lawn and Garden and yeah, many of those. There's about six or seven at least in our area. And then we also do it in Topeka as well. Okay. So let, let's talk, let's go back to something you mentioned before, because I think it's important uh, to talk about this initiative as, as it works overall. Shorten the line. Define, go back and define that a little bit. What is that all about? And, and, and how does that all work? Well, initially when food banking came about in the late seventies, Harvesters was one of the first food banks in the country. It started in 1979 and It came about because food industry was seeing the waste that they were um, contributing to. Faith-based leaders were seeing people come to them and ask them for help um, with food assistance. And it began sort of as an emergency food assistance situation. You know, the thought was that we were just going to give food to people because they might need it for just a couple of months. 
And over the years, um, particularly since the recession here the, in 2008, 9, and 10, um, it's become more of a chronic issue. People are struggling longer term to really um, make ends meet. And so, of course, harvesters and food banks across the country are there giving out food. But to what end? You know, ultimately, we want to solve this problem. We want to get people back on their feet and be productive, more uh, stable, you know, stabilized families, get seniors to be able to live longer independently in their homes, students to do better in school, and they've got to be able to have food and enough food and healthy enough food to be able to do that. You know, it's funny. I remember when I was on the board of directors for Don Bosco, and I remember we put out, I think it was 300 meals a day, mobile meals that we put out a day that we, in, in our kitchen there, with this little kitchen, Right. an amazing staff. And we fed about another 200 people a day at Don Bosco. And the majority of that food came from harvesters. You know, it, we, we would not have survived over there. And that was all seniors. That was, you know, Don Bosco served seniors. That's right. what it was. Um, and I, the first time I went in there and saw that luncheon, I was like, I can't believe there are this many people that come. And for a lot of those people, that was the, that was the, the that was meal. it for the day. Right. Right. And even for the ones we delivered, it was pretty much a, a lot of them. Again, it was their shut-ins. They can't get out. They don't have transportation. Um, and that stuff is critically important. So it's, it, it is very important. Right. Um, and, and that's all part of what you're talking about. Right. Here. Whether right. it's, whether it's the seniors or it's the schools or it's the urban core or it's people out in the rural communities, this all plays into this issue so that, so that you can start to make this thing turn around. Right. Because there's more than enough food in this country. We just have to get it to the people who need it most. And this problem is solvable. We just need to all work together to make it happen. You know, that's funny, Michaela, when you think about it. There's more than enough food in this country. Think mm -hmm. about all the food we see thrown out. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, really, seriously. Yeah. It, it, so it, it, then I guess it becomes more of an issue of distribution and involvement right. um, than it does probably most anything else, would you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, there there are some other there are some great organizations doing some work around that, and there's more work to be done. Obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of food waste within restaurants, but uh, you know, Sarah even mentioned um, farmers donating food that you can't sell it in the supermarket, but they are coming together and donating that food to harvesters. That's a huge piece of getting that fresh produce in instead of letting it just sit out in a, in a field and rot. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you want to get involved, first of all, if you want to get involved in the well stock program, go to the website, bluekc.com. They've got a page up there on this. They can tell you all about it. You can get involved. If you want to do some of the other things with harvesters, we'll talk about some of that in the next segment. Go to their website, harvesters.org. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. My producer, Mr. J.P. Pauley. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. We are having a fascinating discussion today on food in this country, the lack of it, 
a lot of people who are affected by it, and what can be done to solve that problem. We're talking with the folks from Blue KC today. Uh, Michaela Stevenson here talking about what Blue KC is doing with the well stock program. And we're talking with Sarah Biles from Harvesters about all the things they do in the 26 counties that they serve. Yeah, it's surprising, right? You thought it was only in Kansas City. No, it's in 26 counties. So, you know, it's important, I think, that we get this message out and, and, and get people involved and understand what you can do. There are two places to go. If you want to get involved in that well stock program, go to bluekc.com on their website. It's up there. Click it. It'll tell you all about it. They'd love to help you get involved. And if you've got food to donate or you want, or your civic organization wants to get involved, go to harvesters.org. That's their website, harvesters.org. Um, and, and they can tell you uh, there what you can do to get involved um, as an individual, as a group, whatever you would like to do. All right. So I'm going to ask you, Michaela, that a lot of employers out there, a lot of business people out there, you know, we have a lot of generous people in this city. This, this city and this community is noted as one of the top giving communities in the country on a per capita basis. It's really kind of amazing. I think we're like 11th or 9th or 10th or something right. like that. And so, you've, you know, Blue, Blue KC has got a few employees. You've got 3,000. <laughs> but, but so, but let's say you've got 30, okay? Or let's sure. say you've got 300 or 100. Talk about the model that you guys use to get involved, the different pieces that you use, sure. and, and how an employer out there, an owner listening to this, go, you know what, this is something we could do. Right, right. Well, you know, um, Blue KC is a, we're proud of being a great corporate citizen, but one of the things we're most proud of is how much our employees give back to this community, to a lot of different organizations in the community. And, you know, you talk about, um, from 30, whether you have 30 employees, 3,000, whatever, it's opportunity. Um, there are organizations all over this town looking for more volunteers, groups of volunteers. And in fact, during our Harvesters Week, we have um, probably, I don't know, six groups of 20-some volunteers going out to Harvesters doing different. It's a great team-building opportunity for them as well. Um, so we look for ways for our employees to give back. We present them with opportunities throughout our community. And then we do things like Well Stocked, where we have a very specific opportunity for our employees to bring in food during that Harvester's Week. We've got lots of fun things to do. We're cooking competitions that kids will judge, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, that all helps to raise awareness and raise money for um, harvesters in this instance, but we also do lots around United Way. There's so many organizations in this town, as you mentioned. Um, I think Kansas City has over 7,500 registered nonprofits. Holy cow. Right. I know. It's incredible. Yeah. So there is no lack of things to do, for sure. Um, but really just being able to present those opportunities to our employees is um, one of the things that we do through our Blue KC Cares volunteer program. Um, and that's that's just it. And if you have a passion, if you're uh, if your company has a passion for something like Well Stocked that Blue KC has launched, um, that's a great way for employees to rally around something and to come together. So, Sarah, we talked, uh, you know, uh, uh, about we can do this, we can do it, do something else. So I've got a Kiwanis Club. I belong to uh, 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 this group or that group, whatever. Right. I may, maybe, it, maybe it's the VFW, whatever it may be. Um, and, and I'm listening to Sarah talk. I'm listening to <laughs> Michaela talk about this, and I've heard you talk about it. How can they get involved to do, come down and be volunteers and fill, I assume you fill boxes right, with right. food to go we out, to come food. down, yeah, right. to go down and work in, or to come out and help 
uh, in distribution, whatever the case right, may be. Exactly. How can they get involved? Well, we have lots of opportunities. In fact, we have about 7,000 volunteers come help us every month. Wow. Yes. So we could not possibly distribute the more than 50 million pounds of food that we do on an annual basis without the help of these volunteers. The food comes in, we get it from a farmer, you know, it's a truckload, it's a semi-truckload of produce that has to be gleaned, you know, it has to, people have to go through right. it and pick out what's still good to send out. We get, you may have seen, I'm sure people see our barrels in the grocery stores, people yes. put all kinds of yep. food in there and then somebody has to go through and sort that, repackage it and get it ready for our agencies to take out. So we have all kinds of volunteers um, available opportunities in our warehouse. We also work with our network of agencies to help with mobile distributions and people can help at events, collect food. There's just innumerable opportunities for volunteers to help and people can do food drives. They can um, do that in their neighborhood. Teenagers can go around and get community service hours for doing something like that. So I would assume you'd probably take cash and checks too, right? If I had to guess. Sure do. <laughs> and you know, So if somebody wants to do a challenge and, yes, and, and talk yes, about that a little bit. Yes, and we even have what's called a virtual food drive that you can give money to. And then that translates, you know, you go on to the little virtual food drive and you click on the can of corn. And, you know, so you, you get the, the thought process of donating food, but you're actually using money to do that. And in fact, we're very efficient with our um, money. We can provide three meals for every dollar donated. That's remarkable. Yes. Three meals for every dollar donated. So I would imagine those 7,000 volunteers help keep the cost down. Yes. Because yes. it, 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 yes. it, it, it lowers you, the need for yes. paid staff because yes. you've got volunteers actually doing the physical work. Yes. We would have to double our workforce if we did not have those volunteers. So, yes, that's how we 50 can do 50 million pounds of food. Are you serious? Yes. And is that a, is that how, 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 is that a month, a year? That's a year, 50 million pounds we distribute a year. We're serving through our network about 141,000 people every month. You know, that, that's mind-boggling. I, mean, I, don't, yes. I don't think people really get that. 141,000 people in the 26 counties that you actually get food yes. to. If you didn't do it, they wouldn't have it. Right. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Thank you both. For doing Thank this, you. Thank you know, you. I wanted to do something like this for a long time, and I think it's great that you guys came in here today and 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 kind of defined this issue for people and talked about what they can do. Um, it's a call to action, people. You know, you want to get involved, get involved. Go to the website bluekc.com if you want to go up and get involved in that well stock program. It's all up there on the website. You just heard Sarah talk about all the things. Seven thousand volunteers. They'll they probably wouldn't mind going to eight thousand. Okay, so the website is harvesters.com. Excuse me, harvesters.org, harvesters.org. If you want to get involved there, there's a lot you can do. You can even take stuff out of your garden. So that was really pretty amazing. So once again, harvesters.org. Thank you both again for being here today. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks so much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Martin Luther King. Americans must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or we will surely perish together as fools. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America. Baby, baby, the sunshine every day.